0: Welcome to the Miskatonic Region, a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast set in a world that is an homage to the works of H.P. Lovecraft. This is Chapter 1, Part 1, The Tartarus Prelude, featuring Evil Squeegee as the storyteller and TBC as Tartarus. Children will always be afraid of the dark. And men with minds sensitive to hereditary impulse will always tremble at the thought of the hidden and fathomless worlds of strange life which may pulsate in the gulfs beyond the stars or press hideously upon our own globe in unholy dimensions which only the dead and the moonstruck can glimpse. H.P. Lovecraft. Tartarus, uh, we're going to start with your young life, like as a, as a small child. Um, now, we've spoken right. before about this, and I don't mind if you embellish or add or, or alter any particular detail as we're going along. So this will be a learning experience
1: for everybody.
0: All right, so tell me about him well. as, a, as a kid, as a little child.
1: Uh, he, was born, right,
0: so he was born in the Massachusetts area, right? That is correct, yes. Do you, did you have a place picked out for him to be born to? Uh,
1: nothing in particular. Um, it was... Uh, out of character uh it was basically bound to whatever the setting would basically
0: yep, so best. i'll take the chance here to say that we're not actually running in real massachusetts we're running in a modern day uh fast forwarding of the miskatonic region and if you're familiar with that then you just went oh cool that's the setting that lovecraft really hammered home for his his whole um like arkham and uh he used salem a little bit in dunwich and so forth with the miskatonic river and miskatonic university so there are a lot of fictional places here so we'll say if you don't have anything picked out i'm gonna say which cabal is your mentor in is he in i think he's in words of power right
1: that is correct yes. okay so
0: we'll say that you grew up in arkham because that would explain how he was because uh, that puts you in his territory when you're a young child Given your relationship, uh, that, that would that sense. would make complete sense. So you yes. were born in Arkham, which is a small town. All these things are like small suburban towns uh, that are kind of built up and around the Miskatonic River, which we'll talk more about in the future. Uh, okay, so you were born uh, you were born in Arkham,
1: right? Right. Okay, so I uh, say his childhood up to a certain point was uh, relatively normal. Uh, You'd think uh, basically like a. I, say, I would say, like, a high-born family that uh, would uh, go to no ends to spoil their uh, spawn. Ooh, you're playing spawn. a rich
0: brat. I don't like this guy anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I <laughs> uh, think Book Club for nobles.
0: Mhm. yep. Reference for later. yep. <laughs> References um, to content that they... People on this podcast probably don't watch because they listen to podcasts instead of watching our D and D streams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yes. Um, so you come from a family with money. You come from a family with influence, but it's mm-hmm. a mortal family because all families are. Yep. Except yep. for.
1: Except for they aren't. Right. So he basically, uh, when he. Uh, say, when he began to reach uh, puberty about uh, 10 or 11 uh, they began grooming him to uh, take on his uh, say uh, if I can pronounce this correctly, uh, proximi right?
0: Okay, so the term proximi specifically, that's not a term that they would know, it's a term that mages use to describe a, a bloodline that seems to carry a magical power and a curse um, so right. the family itself wouldn't have known the term proximi, but they were grooming him like they're they're like a cult, right?
1: Right they're like a mortal yes. mystical
0: cult, and they're grooming him for a, a special a special role in that cult.
1: Right. Alright. So um basically this uh this cult, this uh this family, um endeavored um each uh I suppose each generation of the said family would uh groom uh, their youngest child, which mm-hmm. was uh, Damien in this case, um, to become the uh, next in line to uh, f- basically uh, fall in full steps of the, uh, what we say, the urban legend of Slenderman. Okay. Which...
0: So that they were about to, like, they were grooming him to be transformed into something else.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, which is uh, quite strange, because the uh, Slender Man basically is...
0: Uh... You know, I, I'm not as up-to-date on Slender Man lore as I could be. Do you want to communicate to uh, me and the audience what you mean by that?
1: Alright, so... Uh, according to uh, what I have seen and read, uh, Slender Man is basically the uh, modern-day uh, creepy pasta, as they would put it. Okay. Basically, the uh, creepy, st- creepy urban legends that uh, uh, people tell. Yeah, dark, like I've seen the dark. I've seen
0: like the photos of Slenderman, right? But like, what yeah. do we know what he does or like what his creepy thing is other than just appearing in photos?
1: Um, basically, uh, anything anyone uh, that sees, basically, it's like a hunter of sorts that uh, just basically people vanish.
0: Oh, he's an he's he's an omen of your
1: disappearance hmm okay that gives me ideas for the
0: campaign actually
1: um and uh whether that he's the one that does it uh, many people have described him as the one doing it or he's just uh the as you said an omen of their sudden disappearance and uh and a lot of people, a lot of cults, It's uh, actually been a few recorded cases uh, in actual modern day, uh, when I say modern day, real life, yep. Actual in the real world, of people actually uh, following this uh, uh, craze and enacting uh, certain rituals and sacrifices in the name of Slender Man. Welcome like, to actual, the modern
0: world, sis. There
1: was an actual brutal murder Uh Yes, uh, I think it was a young uh, a young woman. I can't remember the exact details. Uh, uh, actually, murdered someone in the name of Slenderman. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right. So, um, so your family is like transforming the youngest of each generation into a Slenderman, and they're grooming yep. you for that. So, how did that how did that impact you as a small child? I'm also going to ask you for some details that I didn't ask you for before because screw you, we're recording now, and I can put you on the spot if I yeah. want i want to know no i want to know the the your best friend as a child and i want to know uh the i want to know the opposite of your best friend your your heated rival the bully that picked on you or the kid that you picked on or whatever um as a kid (laughs)
1: All oh, right. So, for clarification' stakes, this has nothing to do with the cabals, right?
0: Correct. This has nothing to do with the actual mage setting that we've talked about. This is just your 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 mortal child in a weirdo cult family has friends, right? Uh, so, I want one that you got along with and one that you didn't.
1: Okay. All right. So, um, when he was uh, growing up, uh, there was this. Uh, Young woman by the name of Sam. Uh, she, uh, her family works for uh, the Luxfords, okay. Uh, basically, as uh, you know, housekeeping. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say like, this family is like, hoity-toity posh. So they have their service yeah. they've got a family there. that
0: serves them in the way that. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I get
1: yeah. it. Uh, yes, um, Sam was there. Uh, was their only child. Uh, they, uh, being two young children in a house that is a uh, stuffy, high styled, uh, nobility sort of uh, feel, uh, got along quite well, as children do. Uh, and this, uh, uh, when they went to the same school, because the family that they were working for. Um, had certain privileges by working for the luxford you can get into places that they normally mm-hmm. wouldn't so so that uh brings me to reg reg to be uh quite frank uh was a little shit
0: okay all right
1: so uh basically uh, reg is a uh i'm gonna say classical bully okay wedgies and uh, lunch
0: money and all that
1: wedgies lunch money uh as it as they grew up it became uh, a bit more vicious mm-hmm. uh, because uh reg uh, came from a uh rival uh family because why not
0: because what good family with old money and deep cult doesn't have a rival come on
1: exactly exactly so um, go big or go home uh, let's
0: go cliche or die trying
1: (laughs) i know right (laughs) so uh, rich came from an an equally old family as the luxfords uh he uh well them being rivals naturally that uh it's uh, they should be rivals as well Mm -hmm. uh let's say uh damien's father uh rich business investor while uh uh, reg's father was uh owned share stocks manager of a old-timey banking family okay and yes uh, they did not see eye to eye
0: so there's reg reg the bully and your bff was uh Sam who was from the family that served the Luxfords right yes okay yes all right uh so with with that like was what was one lesson that your... What was the one lesson that uh, that Tartarus' uh, name... his Damien, Damien, you said? Damien, yes. Yeah. So what is one lesson that Damien learned before the age of ten where he was, like, brought into everything that his family would have been certain to teach him? One lesson he learned in that youthful stage
1: of his life. There is an old saying that they, uh... Family comes first. Uh, blood is blood. Ooh,
0: okay, I like it. I like it. All right, so we're going to move on from that phase of your character's life, and we're going to move into your young adult life. So this is after you've been groomed, because I'm assuming the grooming it to work at all, like the transformation would have to have happened somewhere around the age of 20, which means that they need 10 years to groom you for it, which means mm-hmm. that uh, that your character can still exist at the age range I had thought they were going to shifty the eyes. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right, so... Uh, Your young adult life, I want to say like around 17 or 18, 19, we'll say 19 years old. The transformation is coming close. uh, Right. And that's where we're going to have an almost a a near-death experience. But was there anything significant about your young adult life up between 10 and 19 that you wanted to mention?
1: (sighs) Uh, all right, so basically uh, from that age onwards to the uh, point where the transformation almost happened, um, basically he was pulled out of his school. He was home tutors that um, so that they can uh, groom him in the Luxford ways um basically turn uh, go full blown uh you you really know how movie. to
0: make me hate a family <laughs> <laughs> i dig it i dig it
1: um i will take i will take
0: much joy in torturing these poor innocent and not so innocent npcs um
1: <laughs> poor innocent npcs yes
0: all right. So, what about what about Sam during these years? Were there developments there with her?
1: Sam uh, still went to this school that uh, Damien went to. Although uh, Damien was encouraged uh, to not associate with the uh, lower-born class of people, which mm. was the family that served underneath them. Although that he. Uh, I'm going to say uh, eventually uh, obeyed the family wishes, but this is not until very, very, very late nearing towards the uh, transformation that uh, when he realised that uh, what was going to happen to him and that he was going to sever all ties with people.
0: Okay, so basically he struggled with the idea that he wasn't allowed to be BFFs with Sam because of the positions they were in until he realized the transformation was going to be a total eclipse of everything he knew.
1: Uh, Well, basically uh, being uh, part of this uh, servant family wasn't uh, quite enough for her. Eventually, when uh, Damien severed uh, ties with her, uh, basically she left to find Rena. Pastures. So, as far as she can see, basically, someone that she's known for, uh, I'm going to say, about 12, 13 years, uh, severed all ties with her for no apparent reason whatsoever and uh, just couldn't deal with that. So, she. You really know how to hand
0: me an NPC now, don't you?
1: (laughs) What NPC? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. Uh What? All right. um, So, from there, uh, you are probably within. A month or two of the transformation. Mm. Uh when the only note that I have written down here is that there is an accident that almost kills you. Right. So what is the accident? That's what I want to know.
1: So um back going back to the uh blood feud between families. Ah,
0: I knew we could make this relevant somehow.
1: <laughs> the uh Damien and Reg. Damien and Reg. They, uh, I would say that it was an accident. Unquote. Um, however, it was no accident.
0: So, Reg pulls some shit and, uh, and Damien almost dies.
1: There, um, this was going back, uh, so this is about the 18th year. Uh, this is, uh, about the time where they would be graduating. Okay. And it's an old and it's old tradition that uh, all the old students that have left get invited back.
0: Yeah. yeah the alumni. The right. Pool.
1: Yeah. Right. So that night, um, Damien, walking back from uh, the, I'm going to say party for lack of a better word. Uh, was uh set upon by uh reg and uh thugs and then uh quite promptly uh after being beaten near the inches of his life thrown into the river
0: into the miskatonic
1: hmm.
0: Ooh, that's all kinds of juicy for reasons you don't know yet but you probably do know <laughs> because i wrote that up for you when you read it all right so you've been beaten within an inch of your life, probably past that inch of your life, and dumped into the waters of the Miskatonic River by people who just don't know how powerfully mystical and magical the waters of the Miskatonic River actually are. Uh, you will then wake up in a cold, dark room. After some investigating, you will realize that the ceiling is a little low, and it's like it's like the dirt ceiling with like roots kind of dangling out of the out of the top, right? Like it's like you could almost punch up to the surface and you realize that it's, right. it's it's grave dirt. And you are in this subterranean chamber, right? And the walls are just coffins. There are no walls. The, the walls themselves are coffins, specifically coffins much like those you see in like the old, uh, the old timey paintings of like the Puritans that settled the Massachusetts area. Um, right. And you start to look around and you have no idea where you are well you begin to investigate uh and you start to reach around and 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 you realize you're not the only one here but you are the only one here that doesn't seem to be in this catatonic ghost-like state where there are people here but they seem to be caught playing a loop over and over like they're only part of who they were and they're aware of you, but only in so much as they can be in that moment. And then they reset to the beginning. They flicker in and out, and you can see through them sometimes, sometimes you can't. Some of them have huge, gaping head wounds, or their chests are, like, gorily torn open, in as if, you know, the, their death wound was still there.
1: And often the so distance... So, like, the last few moments of their life.
0: Yeah. Or the most significant few moments of their life. Uh... But you're not like that. You're clearly capable of... Unless you're just in a particularly large loop that hasn't ended yet. And you start to wander around. It's like a maze down here, and it seems to sprawl on forever until you eventually see, like, the, 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 the ceiling that was so cramped kind of opens up and reaches infinitely into a deep shadow above you. And you can see off in the distance on a precipice, over and uh, over a, over a, a hungry cavern, is a like a like a bone or a stone. You can't quite tell tower. It stands out. It's not made of coffins, and it's some vertical phallic structure. Uh, and you make your way off in that direction. Uh, and as you approach, there are these. To call them pearly gates would be an amusing irony because they are made of bones with skulls sitting on top of them and uh, dead vines have grown through them and entangled all throughout the, the white bars and you have to walk up and you actually have to force your way through. You have to like you kick it once and it doesn't give way and you kick it again and with a with a snap that sounds like a broken bone happening. The gates swing in with a rusty creak. And you can approach the, the, the stone-cold, lifeless stairwell that kind of opens up and widens to a big, ominous door. Double doors of the tower itself. And you can push inward. Now, what is it that you would say over the course of your character's life up until the age of nineteen, he most strongly associated with the idea of death. Like, were, were, was there a, a grandmother or uh, or anything that that imp- that imp- that definitely like imprinted on him?
1: Okay, so going back to uh, the the bloodlines and the Locksford family, that uh, he would see that, uh, that every uh, generation, every death is like one big spanning picture of the Luxford name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's uh, basically himself, his father, his grandfather. Kind of like, like so a on. big
0: panoramic of family portraits. Of the right. huge extended family. Okay. So as you as you set as you set foot inside the tower and you cross the threshold, you suddenly become aware that you have been cold this whole time, but no more. The absence of the freezing cold is what you notice. And as you look around the cobwebs, like this is like a bad uh, it's almost like a bad movie set from, like, one of those old-school classic horror films like Dracula where the stone walls are made out of, like, unevenly shaped rocks with mortar between them. And the uh, the cobwebs are, like, the, oh, oh, they're hanging down off of the big, grand arches. Uh, and instead of having those individual grand... Uh, magnificent paintings of whatever noble owned the tower. Instead, you will just see generation after generation after generation of Luxfords in these big paintings of as far back. There are paintings here that you've never seen before that are super old as if the paintings themselves were lost to time. And they kind of like line the inside of the walls climbing infinitely upward into the empty shadow above you. And then on the far side of the tower from the door that you entered on, there's uh, there, there's another set of double doors. This one kind of like a uh, like it it's jarringly inappropriate. It's a fence, like a like a chain link fence with chains that are padlocked, uh, and you can't see beyond it. Uh, because of the the, the thick fog and the the darkness that seems to emanate and you recognize that darkness is the darkness that would have been filling the hungry cavern that this tower oversees but between the two sides of the fence and from under it and over it you can barely make out that sunlight is leaking in as if coming from a place other than what you see beyond the fence as if coming from where you're supposed to be could be an escape. I'm assuming you would then, like, rush over and be like, holy shit, what the fuck?
1: Be like, like, being in this family and knowing, like, a little bit of the cult, this still a very jarring and strange experience, so like, seeing a way to escape and seeing everything before that, it would be almost desperation.
0: Mm-hmm. So you leave. run over and like, no matter what you wind up doing, and I imagine you try everything from like grabbing a loose rock, slamming it on the on the on the key, like no matter how rusted or old or weak this chain looks, nothing lets go of this fence. You can't open it. And that's when you'll become aware of not too far from the fence on like a stone table that looks a bit like an altar and has Uh, It's got skulls carved into the side of it, and there are bloodstains, old, ancient, dried bloodstains that litter the surface of it. On top of it is this really dusty old tome with a thick binding. And it has, uh, like, a portrait on the front with a face that you don't recognize.
1: Seeing that, um, all efforts have failed to uh, open this chain link gate uh he would approach the book curiously but still like almost desperate for a solution to get out of here
0: can i open it up and look through it
1: he would definitely open up and look through it yes
0: so a couple of strange experiences will fall upon you here because uh in the spirit of the lovecraftian inspiration for this campaign you will become aware of things that you have no means of becoming aware of, as if you had already known those things, but hadn't remembered them until just now. And they are strange things. As you open up the tome, you will flip through page after page after page of names. And they're names that you recognize, but not in detail, just they're familiar names. And it dawns on you that not a single ghost that you have passed on your way through belongs to one of these names. And not a single one of these names in this book matches a ghost that was outside trapped in the coffin maze. There is a quill sitting next to the tome and a small knife all of the other names are written in blood.
1: So I can assume that all these names, everyone that's signed in this book have left. And uh, being no stranger to the casual, I don't know, I'm gonna say say occult sacrifice because Mm -hmm. it's an occult family. He will recognise the significance of writing your name in blood, though not as, uh, he would put it. Uh, so he would, um… Well, he'll slit his palm, dip the quill, and then he's going to sign his name in the book. So,
0: fun fact there are more nerve endings in your palm than most other places on your body it's less painful to stab yourself in the arm or cut yourself on the leg or anywhere else basically there are very few places where it is more painful than in the palm of your hand and that might be why you see that happen in so many rituals and rites because the pain of that experience is part of what powers the magic and so you will sign your name in blood and as you do as the last pen stroke falls from the page and the blood kind of sinks into the paper and the parchment the chains will rattle as they fall to the ground behind you and the 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 gates will swing open and you will and as you run through the gates you will suddenly be sitting up and gasping for air in a hospital room then the nurses will turn around suddenly And then, as if on cue, a man that you only know as Cuthbert. Well, a woman sometimes, a man other times. An old friend of the family you know as Cuthbert. Uh, She, in this instance, will come around into the room wearing a doctor's coat. Now, you never knew she was a doctor, but all of the nurses seem to respond to her as if she is the one in charge. And she will dismiss them. And that will be the beginning of your introduction to the way the world really is. You see, Cuthbert uh, is a practitioner of magical arts. You knew that. Your family is also a practitioner of magical arts. But you will have your eyes opened to the nature of the situation. Namely, uh, she's awakened. Now, as are you. And that puts you apart from the petty mortal magics practiced by... The Luxford family. By comparison, you are tinkering with toys, and they are cutting-edge technology. Uh, You will be introduced to a whole world. A whole new world. Disney, calm down, please don't sue me. (laughs) <laughs> of, of, of magic. You'll be introduced to the Miskatonic region, to Arkham, to Dunwich, to to a world of, of people who practice reality warping magic and their society, and you will be brought into Cuthbert's like, as an apprentice to Cuthbert. As it turns out, Cuthbert is a very influential person in this world. He's what you call a counselor. Uh, effectively, he has a position on the decision-making council that governs these seemingly omnipotent wizards. Uh, you will be introduced to the various orders. And and given your pick of the litter when it comes to mentors, people who are willing to take on a new mage and show them the ways of magic, uh, I'm guessing because we've already talked about this that you'd pick Cuthbert as your mentor
1: because you're familiar with her. Um, yes. Uh, I have been told uh, that uh, if there was any problems anything at all that uh, the family couldn't deal with the extensive Luxford name could deal with that is the person that I needed to talk to.
0: So you have a level of trust for Cuthbert that, uh, that and Cuthbert will bring you under uh, her wing and she will teach you the true calling of a mage in that you are to protect the reality, uh, sleepers, from those who would wield their magic improperly. You would spare others the terrible fates worse than those that your family, the Luxford family, may have inflicted terrible things, sacrifices, kidnappings, whatever. Uh, But that's nothing compared to some of the things that happen. That's even merciful compared to what could happen to a sleeper because... ...of an idiot with magic... ...with true magic... ...uh... ...there are things out there that can... ...render your soul... ...corrupted beyond recollection... ...no matter how many times you cycle through the reincarnative... ...wheel... ...and it is your job... ...as a mage... ...it is your responsibility... ...to everyone else... ...to seek out those things that would do permanent... ...soul corruptive damage... ...and eradicate them... ...it is your responsibility... As a mage, to be aware of the things that sleepers cannot be, and to protect those sleepers from them, and also to protect the awakened from the damage that sleepers themselves can do. It's not a pretty job, and it's not one that the other mages wish needed to be done, but you're the ones that wind up doing it. Besides, you have the skill set that's necessary. You've been hiding culty secrets your whole life.
1: Yes. The uh, Noble Book Club. That's a very exclusive club that uh, only the finest people in society can participate in. Um.
0: So from there, uh, we'll pick up in a future uh, a future chunk of, of play where uh, from there we'll talk about how you wind up meeting with your other party member and how you wind up settling in to the setting as it is. And in a future broadcast, we'll talk a little bit more about the Miskatonic region and the Awakened and the things that you have learned. Uh, but for now, I am Evil Squeegee. And you are.
1: And I am SisTBC. And
0: we'll catch you guys later on a future episode of whatever the hell we decide to name this podcast.
1: Yeah! Woo! <sighs> crowd goes wild.
0: This has been Chapter 1, Part 1 of the Miskatonic Region, a newbie-friendly Mage the Awakening podcast. For more of this podcast and other role-playing content, follow Evil Squeegee on Twitter at twitter.com slash evilsqueegee. Until next time, keep your wits about you, lest you too become the victim of your own success.